0: This is a cubic inch of sound, and over the past week, we all watched Bo Burnham's Inside on Netflix. It was on Netflix. Uh, My name is Luke, and I'm on the podcast. My name is Nick, and I'm Inside. Anybody else?
1: My name is Connor, and uh, I don't have the self-confidence or the needs to be a stand-up comedian.
2: Mm. Um, I'm Kelsey, and contrary to popular belief, I am not X-Men's Rogue. I feel that like that really stunned you, huh? I'm
3: gonna just sit here until Tim does his introduction.
4: <laughs> I was gonna do the same for you, but since I'm already <laughs> talking, I'm Tim and I own less than three mountains. Wow. I'm less than yeah.
3: I'm Kyle and I own more than three mountains. Mm-hmm. Whoa, <laughs> that's, that's impressive, fancy Kyle
0: over here owning so many mountains. Cal, were you waiting so that you could just do like the the negation of somebody else's fun fact, like Kevin? Uh, we, we lost Kevin for here. one
1: episode, and we've already found a <laughs> <it> replacement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who was the one who didn't actually watch inside? Oh, Don, was that ben supposed check. to be me? I ben watched ben it on check. accident.
2: <laughs>
1: Dang it! Uh, wow. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll wait till next week. <laughs> are we gonna cancel early, everyone? But we don't have the <laughs> roster. I guess.
0: Yeah, it sucks. I was going
3: to say that I was waiting because I'm here to announce publicly for the first time that I own Mount Everest. Um,
1: oh, that's nobody fun. is allowed. On is that there. is that the only mountain you could think of? You're like, oh, I need to name at least three mountains.
3: Uh. Uh, you know, Mount, Everest, Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Saint Helen, all mine.
2: Mm. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you got some bad big news right about there. your
0: ladder property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the depreciation must be wild.
3: <laughs> and when the, and when, the Yosemite the volcano, when the when the Yellowstone supervolcano finally erupts, I'm going to buy that one for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> does, that, does that count as a, a mountain? Eventually. Eventually. Um, (laughs) It gets there.
1: (laughs) The the new millennial visionaries are actually buying the magma within and waiting for that to (laughs) boil up, but, you know, that's kind of a long-term investment, so... Yeah, so, so Connor, they, why don't why
2: don't you I give us a summary? That it of what gets was inside?
3: To be up for in the next fifteen years. Oh man, I get to give the summary.
1: Um, yes, it, so no, no, no. You have is... to
0: give the summary.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm, am I at gunpoint? Is this another rehash of the season finale? Well,
0: uh... well, we don't want to rehash. Maybe you're okay, being okay. held hostage with a sword or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. All right, so I'm 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 kind of a method actor, so. <laughs> oh no. So Burr Burnham's inside is, uh, I believe, is his fifth um, special, and it's his third mm. uh, featured on Netflix. Um. And it, it, it kind of, uh, you know, focuses on Bo Burnham, uh, kind of stand-up comedian, uh, his descent into madness across the um, COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown. Um, ostensibly, he locks himself inside his room and then has a series of, like, musical numbers and stand-up routines about uh, kind of living alone in this this era of madness.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty yeah. good description. All because mm-hmm. of the bronchitis pandemic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> Dang lupus.
3: The plandemic. It's always lupus. It really is just... It keeps coming back. Huh? <laughs> so, it was, good. it was actually really interesting, because on 4 uh, on uh Q announced the other day that the plandemic was just to give Bo Burnham a reason to make a new special, and uh, that's why he's making so much... Fun. I don't
0: like where this conversation is going. Oh. So, the first song was really cool, okay, because he had a headlight, and... A disco ball, and when he looked at the disco ball with the headlight, it went and the light was everywhere. And I was like, "What?"
1: Yeah, I, really, um, it was, it was really cool because all of the numbers in this special had a much higher production value than his previous ones. Mostly just because they're, they're not live. Like he can rehearse them and and pick the best recording, obviously. Uh, But it's he still found a way to make it like live and performative. In really cool ways, you know, like, like, uh, he had pedals to to regulate the lights and everything. It was was just, it was a really insanely cool kind of methodology. The music was
0: very good. I liked most of the songs.
3: It's actually, uh, one of the more interesting things is in, like, one of the first, uh, like, setup shots where you can see him, like, setting up all the equipment he's going to have in the room, he's actually programming lights, which means that for some of the songs, uh, the lights were actually programmed at specific times that he had to hit. And they weren't being controlled by the pedals all the time.
2: Well, um, he was really used to that because all of his shows were uh, like scripted to the to the gesture.
3: What I'm just I mean, saying that, that he's probably comfortable. Both of those are extremely impressive. Like when he's doing mm-hmm. the lighting by himself in uh, the turning thirty song, and then when the lighting set up <laughs> on its own to like do whatever it needs to do during the sexting song. Like <laughs> both, of those, both of them are pretty like pretty rad.
0: It's, it it does seem like he had a while to practice as well, which is probably good for him, but also as we saw very very bad
1: you know, <laughs> i Imagine I kind that. of really uh I don't know, enjoyed the narrative that he had just straight up locked himself inside a room for the past year and a half and focused entirely on this. Obviously, that's not true. I think he actually, like, starred in a movie during the pandemic, you know, so he was obviously out and working and stuff. But he does a really, really excellent job kind of uh, selling you on the fact that he has just confined himself to this terrifying, you know, room of darkness.
3: Well, one of the things that he says specifically that, like, really shows, like, it does. he does acknowledge at one point that he does leave the room, because uh, he says during one of the monologue segments that um, he, he started to view outward life as uh, one would view a coal mine. You suit up, you go out and get what you need, and then you come back as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, but I'm not sure if that was... Because I think in the context of that, wasn't he referring to that um, compared to like the digital world? Like, making more of a commentary on how people do things in real life just so that they can post about them and make their lives seem more interesting?
3: Uh, I mean, I suppose you could see it as that. I, I, I mm-hmm. thought about more as just agoraphobia in general. Like, having to go outside as a necessity, like one has to work in a coal mine and then coming back to your
2: house. Yeah, yeah I, I took I, it. I took it more in Kyle's way, where it seemed a lot like he had, like, kind of grown into now I do everything online, I do everything not in public and every time i have to go in public it is spooky and scary and i don't want to do it so i come back to where i'm comfy you know
3: yeah digital world but i have some very exciting news for you all
2: Ooh. not mountain
3: related why movies? am i not
0: excited not. why am See, i scared uh,
3: the exciting news is that i've tricked you and that i've actually made you listen to an album because inside has now released as an album and we should talk about all of the songs individually, as an album.
2: Thank god, I took notes on all the songs individually.
0: I think we should uh, instead talk about it as a special, because it was. It's an I album. kind of agree. It was special we, to we me. Can a special about, album. We can talk about the songs that were in the special, but let's not talk about it as an album, because we're not reviewing the album, we're reviewing the special. It was special. I agree. This <laughs> is a very special episode.
3: So the first time <laughs> on the album in the special
0: so the first thing comedy. that he sings in the special <laughs> when we see him because we're watching him not listening to i mean we are listening to him but we're also watching him
1: wait there
3: was it's audio called- on that on the album <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's multimedia it's, it's called comedy it's the one where he uh well i mean there's the intro song obviously which is the one where he's getting up sitting down you know um but that one's like a minute long uh it's the first actually substantial song is the uh the one where he's kind of Has this internal struggle going back and forth, like whether or not to actually do comedy during the pandemic because he doesn't feel like it would be appropriate. Uh, which is actually kind of a, um, uh, a motif that's appeared before in his work. Um, where he, uh, he'll constantly like sarcastically refer to himself as a hero or an artist, uh, rather than a comedian when in reality he kind of views himself more as a clown than an actual, um, person he's trying to poke fun at that um but it, it's probably this is probably the most directly that he's uh acknowledged that view that he has
2: yeah,
1: it's, yeah I, it's I think very... mostly his his character on stage is is and he's kind of saying like it, it's it's supposed to just be like his honest opinions but like much more arrogant and self-centered so it's kind of like you know it's still comedy but uh you know a, a more kind of self-righteous person would think that they're entirely correct in everything that they say about it you know
0: his whole thing is is very like sarcastic and, and and like weirdly self-reflective, but also kind kind of specifically not um, in a way that I think could annoy some people potentially um, because he he pretty he pretty much satires the whole idea that like comedians are helping because he's like, oh if you uh, if you're in a building and you smell smoke, then um, call me up and I'll tell you a joke and it's he's, he's trying to say like, Comedians act like they're helping; they're not like healing the world, you know. Uh, they might say that, but he's are making they? a literal
4: difference metaphorically. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. And again, he pokes even more fun at that with the absolute uh, amazing whiteboards. And if you actually stop to look, there's mm. one whiteboard uh, uh, which goes over the criteria of the joke the, of all the jokes that he tells, um, which like it's like a flowchart that. There's like 16 paths, and all of them lead to no except for one. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. The, the, the one I remember specifically is just one that's like, is it offensive? No. Could it be construed as offensive? No. How do you know that? What? It's not a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> or
2: like, it looks like I, he has. Is... <laughs>
0: <laughs> this really He'll is be, a conversation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah
1: really. Discourse discord yeah i guess i guess i'll so the thing that stands out to me most about bo burnham uh because i've like not like grown up with him or anything but but you know like (laughs) we were kind of like early teenagers when he um you know kind of got his big break in in 2013 um and he he very much kind of evolves with his time you know so like in 2013 it was kind of like and he self described it as, as pubescent comedy like it was kind of like edgy 2013 style you know like haha I will poke jokes at, at like superficial dark stuff you know um and it was like funny but you know uh intermittently and so some parts of the show would be kind of like cringe or the jokes would go on too long and stuff like that but like now by 2021 he, he's got like the kind of signature like cynical style that most kind of millennials and Gen Z kind of have like like the, the postmodernist, you know view on on like neoliberalism and the economy and everything and he makes sure to kind of like express that throughout their whole show.
0: Well, when you think yeah. about it, if he had made jokes about the pandemic in 2013, then it would have been really confusing, and probably no one would have laughed.
3: I uh, actually, Connor brings up something that I was going to bring up, uh, which is that Bo Burnham, uh, kind of, I, I the only one that I know of. I could be completely wrong about this, um, but at least the most mainstream comic that would probably fall under um, like postmodern media. Um, and I'm sure that there's been postmodern comedy before,
1: uh, oh, but
3: first time, but it, but it was, it was modern like comedy. The,
1: now we're in postmodern,
3: the keynotes. Well, the keynotes of postmodern media are, um, self-reflective, self-parodying and, um, uh, uh, like fourth wall breaking. So like a lot of meta humor and Bo Burnham kind of very heftily checks all three of those boxes. Um, so, so I mean, obviously like, Postmodernism is seen as kind of like a nothing, like buzzword, uh, but at least in in the general sense of the uh, the definition, Bo Burnham would kind of fall under that, which I find very interesting, because um, I think postmodern media is kind of underrated.
4: Like Deadpool? I, <laughs> I guess. Deadpool,
0: Deadpool is criminally underrated. He's a very indie yeah, uh, hero. Underrated.
4: He had like two small films or
3: something.
0: <laughs> Self-titled.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah independently made
0: can i say I, I love his hair bo burnham's hair i was a fan the whole time i mean i'm not usually mm-hmm. the kind of guy to to comment on a man's hair and be like "Ooh, that's nice hair but i looked at this hair and i was like it's good hair Yeah,
1: you well, know, we were just talking about self-reflection just because it's your hair you got the exact same style right now do i no i don't know i think yours is a little shorter <laughs> <distorted. laughs> i don't think i do I mean...
2: just sit in the room for a year you'll get there
0: <laughs> I did. That's how I got the hair that I have right now.
1: <laughs> oh again. my God. I, I was kind of looking into the hype around the special um, and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, there's, there's actually like some hidden Jesus imagery in the you know, hidden. in the uh, in the special. And, it, and, like, most of it was just like, oh, his hair looks like Jesus. And it's like, <laughs> is that really hidden? And then it, you, there's also the fact that, like, Bo literally was selling t-shirts that say Bo Jesus on it. <laughs> that was like, this is not some nuanced take that you're really at, finding, you know? Yeah, like. I was just, at one point, he crucified. The
0: <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the wiki and it was like, some critics saw Jesus imagery. And it's like, okay. what? On- only some of them? <laughs> yeah, right. I feel
3: like if if only some of them saw it, those those who didn't should find a new job. Uh-huh. It's
1: actually, critics of the are like, I
3: explicitly did not see any Jesus imagery. <laughs> that was
1: probably like a Common Sense Media or something, you know, or like, um, uh, oh god, what's family the, what's friendly the family friendly gaming? friendly <laughs> gaming. Yeah, it was just there a was coincidence that
0: it looked like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. There was, there was
0: at one point he there was. Um, some lighting on his wall that was in the shape of a cross, and he had his arms outstretched mm-hmm. on the cross. That's yeah, cont- yeah. Idiot. yeah.
3: That was during the uh, Hold Me like, Accountable. Like, kind of the problematic uh, song. The one in
0: which he talked yeah. about uh, having worn an Aladdin costume for Halloween.
4: <laughs> when yeah. he was
3: 17, yeah. He didn't darken his skin, but it was kind of weird in hindsight.
4: Yeah, should we cancel
3: him for that? I mean, it does seem oh. a little bit problematic when you think about it. Yeah. but
2: he did admit it. Well, I mean,
3: I I feel like the meaning behind the the problematic song is pretty obvious, uh, which is that that we should cancel of, him,
2: that he is well, Jesus. Well, there's some
3: creators that specifically almost fetishize getting canceled. And I'll just be like, guys, I'm so sorry. It just kind of, I kind of get rid of themselves. You're um, saying
0: that he'd enjoy it if we canceled him. So I think it's uh, in everyone's best interest to cancel him.
3: Well, I also, I mean, I also think that it's supposed to be an admission of guilt because he is, he is like saying things that he did, but at the same time, I don't think he deserves to be canceled for them. Like people can change. It's kind of just a criticism of cancel culture in general.
2: So what also
3: you're saying is we should cancel culture. That being sadder, sad, yeah. we should cancel Bo Burnham. He sucks. Hate the guy. Awful. Yeah.
4: Just the worst. <laughs> Why version. did we even watch this? I don't know. Yeah. I also interpreted that piece as, like, an example of paranoia. Because, like, obviously, dressing up as Aladdin 13 years prior to the making of the special doesn't mean anything. And him saying that only brings more awareness to it. So, like, things like that, in general. Like, the smallest things that don't matter in the, the long run, you know. Things that he would just think, oh, well, that happened and uh, I wonder if anyone knows about it, but nobody yeah. does, you know. It, so.
0: It's a real Reynolds pamphlet moment right there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> cut. Is it?
0: I don't know. Hamilton was pretty popular. He might have heard of it. I
3: don't know, bro. Oh, Hamilton.
0: Wasn't he that guy who did those things? Yeah, yeah you got it. Uh, I think he... I think he's most known for cheating on his wife.
2: Mm. You know? I, think most I think he's most dying. known for cheating on his wife and then writing about it.
0: Yeah,
1: that was that was a Chad move. That's the most Chad move in <laughs> American history. I still
0: I think like, he's most known for dying. <laughs> I, I think I think uh, he, he also he wore an Aladdin fight. costume when he was younger. I'm not sure really? about that one though. Yeah, can you believe he's on an unspecified bill? The Whoa. Bill of Rights.
2: A currency. <laughs>
0: No, no currency. Did anyone else think that that this special was kind of
4: like Joker,
0: but without the murder?
4: Oh, I I literally had in my notes that this is not a comedy. It's a tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) That's my first note. I just wanted to say that.
3: I I, I did did forget about the part where Bo Burnham zooms in on his face and is like, Is it just me or is it getting crazy out there?
0: I just, I just think the whole thing was about a man going insane, like Joker. It felt very Joker-esque. He was on a stage at the end, hmm? God. Coincidence? Yeah, but there weren't cool. any stairs. So, oh, ultimately yeah. not Joker. You're right, yeah. There were no stairs. Does this man have no stairs in his house?
2: Maybe no, not maybe in that not. room.
0: He does have a really cool circular... A doorway into his kitchen.
3: Yeah, Yeah, true. Oh, yeah. I like that, like a hobbit hole. Yeah, he's gonna
0: say like a trade federation ship.
2: (laughs) I like the the, at the end of um his second Netflix special, which was like make happy. Um, after or before the credits, I don't know. Sometime in the credits, he is in the same room and he sings a song. about being happy so it's like interesting that he like foreshadowed being in the room without knowing it because then he took a five-year break of comedy um but he leaves the room and he opens the door and it like keeps it open and i think he is actually in like a small tiny home on his parents property because he goes directly to another house which is in the same yard with like an older woman who i'm assuming is his mom because he like hugged her um so i think that like his whole house is like one floor basically like studio style with like just like rooms that kind of connect to each other which is why he brushes his teeth in the kitchen and not like the bathroom because yeah. i'm assuming the bathroom is small and sh-ty. or he's just an insane person who brushes his teeth in the kitchen
0: All right, so, um, so therefore he is not the joker it's interesting decade. to note that <laughs> well, Bo Burnham I mean, took a five-year break from comedy, and I took a 20-year break from comedy because I've never been funny. Stop <laughs> well, <if> laughing. You... <laughs> oh, <laughs> it looks like your streak's been broken.
3: <laughs> Darn. Start again. You know how I know that Bo Burnham's not the Joker?
0: No. This no. feels the Joker... like the setup of a really weird joke.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's because the Joker never FaceTimed with his mom, okay? <laughs> Which How do you know point? that? Interesting. Mm, are you the Joker's mom? Also, what I think is the weakest song in the special, personally.
0: I think it's a satire on people who FaceTime with their mom. See, it sounds a lot more official if I just say it's a satire and then I describe what it is.
3: What if, what if instead we call it a spoof?
0: even. <laughs> I think satire sounds the most official. That makes us sound the coolest. Oh, they use words like satire. How about Describe postmodern satire? When you There's think about it, I think that this podcast basically. is really a postmodern satire of podcasts where people talk <laughs> about things. Yeah, wow. I really think so as well. That's a good point. How do, we, how do we become postmodern? Do we have to, like,
4: go to the future? You're always one step ahead of the curve. <laughs> we have to play as characters and then acknowledge that we're playing characters. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm pretending to be Luke. Is that enough?
4: I I don't know. I didn't make the rules. (laughs) Who did? I just made an observation. Probably Bo Burnham.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. There's a scene about halfway through where Bo Burnham sings a song about interns And then it immediately leads into him reacting to his song about interns, (laughs) which then immediately leads into him reacting to the reaction. And then it becomes like a chain link of him reacting to the thing he had just reacted to. It was pretty good. I liked that.
1: That was like very surprisingly refreshing because like, I don't know, we've seen like, what, like five years of people dunking on reaction channels on YouTube. Like it's it's a trope to like make fun of them now. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, I, I still had just, like, a great time with the way he went about it.
0: Uh, That and his, his little sketch about, like, streamers were both very well (laughs) written, well put together. Like, they didn't Uh, feel, like, they, they could have easily felt out of touch, but they felt really, um, well actually, well actualized.
3: I, I think that the streamer one was a little bit less, um, like, well- What's the word I'm looking for? Was it, the streamer one was just slightly I, less good, I guess. Than like if we were if we were gonna say that one of them felt out of touch, it was more the streamer one. It didn't feel that much out of touch, but the reaction one like really hit when it shouldn't have, because it seems like such an overdone thing. But to the point where he didn't really really make fun of reactions. He was just kind of poking fun at it and the the um the way that they're done, uh, and also the fact that the more the longer that thing goes on and the more you realize that he wasn't watching a video of himself and he had to time out all of the reactions is just incredible
1: yeah
0: it's pretty impressive. I, I, I
1: guess i kind of agree with you i i still thought the um uh streamer one was was really good like it relies kind of heavily on the whole like donations joke you know where he like interjected between every you know punch and i would just be like you know oh hey thanks for the you know like sub or whatever and like yeah it it kind of is recycled but um i don't know i it it was just i don't know i still found a lot of joy in that um i i do think it's 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 just like a very weird concept to be entertaining in that way uh and and just have to be like hey thanks for giving me money you know what i mean like like other types of entertainment it's it's you know that relationship is more subtle and implied, you know, but, but with streaming, it's like, you have to just be like, Hey, give me money. And then reward people for giving you money in front of everyone else. I don't know. I, I, I just like, I, I guess actually to me, it's, it's a lot like being a standard of comedian. So it's like, Bo has kind of like a more intimate connection to that, where I, I kind of couldn't really empathize with the idea of, of thanking people for money in front of thousands of other people. You know,
3: the other joke that I think during that like whole thing that actually hit pretty well was when he said, um, Oh, I get it. It's like, Death Stranding, where it's supposed to be boring. (laughs) Because that, like, those kind of pop culture references can really, like, they can date something and make it go out of touch, but Death Stranding came out several years ago, and it was, like, it's still enough in the the cultural zeitgeist to be a recognizable and not cringy joke. Wait, How old
0: is Death, Death Stranding? Stranding that feels like 2018. I mean, oh, 2019. Okay, that was yeah, like two yeah. years ago. Okay, yeah, it's not too old. old. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that sounds about right. When you said years. several years ago, I was like, oh my God, is it, <laughs> was that like five years ago? But no, okay, <laughs> like, okay that, it's, that, it's, makes, it's, that makes it's, more, it's more like
3: sense. Pandemic, it feels like several.
0: Yeah. Bo Burnham's Inside is the second strand type video
4: game.
0: Wow.
3: <laughs>
0: I can't also, wait for more strand type games to come out.
4: Oh, yeah. Also, there were button prompts in the streamer segment that were, um, I think it was press Z to pick up Flashlight, press A to cry, and press X to, I forget what the other thing was, try an open door maybe. And I was just thinking, he was holding a controller. What <laughs> controller has A, X, and Z, right? Um, I'm thinking GameCube. GameCube controller. Game yeah. GameCube, yeah <laughs> <that's> what... <laughs> so either he was playing a really good-looking GameCube game, or, uh, he was using a GameCube controller. Uh, I hello, really, Internet. The real, Welcome like, to game theory. What controller oh, was Bo
0: Burnham <laughs> using? Well,
3: now, now the question we gotta answer is, are there any FMV games on the GameCube, or could you make an FMV game for the GameCube, and can someone make inside the GameCube FMV game?
1: Hey, Vsauce, Cubic Inch here. What controller has A, X, and
3: Z? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, like, th- the special is really funny because, um... So, I guess for for context, a lot of us kind of watched it together in a Discord call, Um, and and I think, uh, like, as soon as we finished, I kind of reflected, and I was like, I didn't really remember a lot of the specific musical numbers, like, specifically, you know, but... um one thing that really stood out to me, I don't know why, um, where, it, like, a joke hit for me a second time after watching the thing and just looking at more of, like, metadata, where um, he had the two different songs about Jeff Bezos, and someone was like, oh, man, we're really talking about Jeff Bezos again, and I was like, haha, it's a reprise, and he named the songs Bezos 1 and Bezos 2. Like, it is it's just a straight, like, joke yeah. on reprises, and I don't know, that was insanely funny to me to find out looking at the, the set list. I, like, I, I don't know why I'm so easily uh, amused by that, but... Um, just kind of like those those little subtle things were just kind of like insanely funny to me for some I reason. Think,
0: if I'm remembering them correctly, I think Bezos 1
1: was better than Bezos 2. Yes, yeah, yeah I wholeheartedly yeah. agree and I will fight to the death with anyone who disagrees. Come so. oh, wow, on, Jeff! Okay, that's oh, wow. I'm,
2: like, I'm like tempted to disagree.
1: Oh, oh man, are we going to have a... Are <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we going to have a Bezos
2: talk? I <laughs> think we have a cubic inch of fight to the death. Uh-oh.
1: Starring be Jeff Bezos.
2: We should invite him. He'd come.
1: White <laughs> <Fight> Night <laughs> of the <laughs> Century of sponsored Bezos. by Amazon Prime. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: we can't sell out yet.
2: We have to wait until we're
1: like really famous before we that's, sell that. That's season three material. Yeah, that's when we start getting the ads and everything. Oh man,
0: are we going to become wow.
1: really famous by season three? Or, wait, we can do like we can do like oh, an yeah. infowars thing and start selling supplements that are like directly <laughs> opposite of what we're actually talking about. You know,
3: well, that's what I'm, I'm priming for that. That's why I'm bringing up Q and how he predicted the special. You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he turns thirty. Yeah, that's he pretty does. cool. I he
3: does, does on, on camera. One of the better songs. Mm. I
0: I, yeah, I, I was I was listening to the soundtrack earlier today, and when it got to turning 30, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this was a good one. This is a good one. I didn't, like, I didn't, like, remember it afterwards
3: specifically,
0: but when I listened to it, I'm like, yeah, he's turning oh. I 30.
3: I think that the the thing that I remember the most about that song is the visual metaphors, because uh, I think that that song works out of all of the songs besides maybe White Woman's Instagram uh, the best is like a visual performance because the the scene is literally him looking at like, like it looks like he's reporting it at 3 a.m looking distraught standing in the middle of the room in his underwear um and the lighting that he uses um really kind of sells it uh when he has like the uh, the flashlight in his hand and then the pedals on the floor. Um, mm. And then the only other time during that where because it's one of the lesser like more unsubstantiated use of lighting during the entire thing, but the, one of the cooler visual metaphors that he does is when he turns all three lights on during the uh, um, second part where he's uh, singing about the children and there's a reverb and a, and a harmony underneath it and there's three separate distinct singers and then there's three shadows on the yeah. wall of background singers. I, I remember oh, yeah, thinking that was, that was incredible. Yeah,
0: I remember thinking about like that one. That one was, it felt the most theatrical out of any of the numbers, in my opinion. It was was just, it had the the presence of, like, a stage performance, despite, uh, more so than any of the other songs, despite being in a room, which was really, really impressive. Uh, I think, though, the most, um, like, visceral feeling I got throughout the um, special was Welcome to the Internet, that song.
3: I don't know... One. yeah i, I like don't know, know what it was about
0: it it was just it felt like terrifying oh it was, oh oh it was yeah, yeah. With
4: dread i think a, I was good, a good a good reason for that it was like it seemed terrifying was because in all the segments where uh or, or like the beginning and ending segment of that song when he was like doing like the, the the creepy villain voice and not like the the middle section the camera was zooming out very slowly mm-hmm. and it showed very clearly like how small he was on the screen compared to the rest of the room, despite how small the room actually is, it doesn't appear to be that small. And then the lights going all around the room. It, 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 it I don't know. It's just a weird feeling of uh, dread or something, you know, cause it's just like zooming out. And then in, in the middle section where he's getting more optimistic about how it was in uh, decades past, mm-hmm. uh, the camera zooms back in. And then it, after that, it zooms back out and it's like, Oh, everything and everything all of the time again. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: I-, I think, I think part of, of the reason why it feels like that is because throughout the entire performance he's looking directly at the camera but he, yeah. you also can't see his eyes the entire time oh, which that's, it, yeah. like it, yeah, it, it's, it's unnerving that he's staring at you through the screen but you can't see him really I guess
2: it's yeah. also like time. I think it's I like the, the only time enough. where he does where sorry
0: no you're good you can go no you can go I'm I not think- even mad <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the only time where he's wearing sunglasses, because he makes a very point of, like, throughout the special, making eye contact with mm-hmm. the camera, and it is the only time that he is both making eye contact, but not making eye contact at all. Like, he he sets the whole thing up so that it's very personal, and, like, he is looking at you the entire time, but it's yeah, the yeah. only song where he is not doing that, yet he is still doing that. Mm-hmm every single
4: cut in that song, he, like, whips his head very violently towards the camera. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, what
1: I I especially enjoyed about all the theatrics was, like, um, there's kind of a central theme of not only being, like, trapped inside a room, but kind of, like, trapped inside your own head and actually kind of, like, being able to manifest your your thoughts and experiences into a performance. So it's like, you know, obviously the room is is very cluttered and disorganized, and when you manage to actually get those theatrical performances together and get them out into the world, it's kind of, like, it's a really beautiful synthesis of actually being able to organize your thoughts into something and so especially like the fact that he is always looking at you it's like it's he's channeling outward from his own mind into you know trying to deliver something to you and and you know at that point it it is it's weird it's like it's obfuscating that
3: so i really quickly do want to go back to uh welcome to the internet for a second Mm -hmm. uh just because um this song specifically uh i i sometimes hang out with my friend who um as like a as their job she's a professional producer and um every now and then we recommend each other music we show each other music and i showed her uh welcome to the internet because that seemed like the most intricate of the songs um and she was actually really intrigued by this song um from a production standpoint because one of the things that actually uh, that happens in it uh that i think makes it so uncomfortable is that uh at the beginning section of the song, during the first verse and during the chorus, there's a constant accelerando um, where it's never sitting still. It's always moving forward and constantly getting faster and faster and faster. And as that accelerando increases, he adds in more um, background, like, non-musical noises off the uh, off of the central beat and tempo of the song. Um, like slide whistles and buzzing and... Um, falling bombs and things like that. That kind of makes it like almost an assault on the senses to listen to. Uh which I think is really, really interesting. I like that a lot. It, it also fits thematically with the song.
0: I liked the lyrics enough that my Discord status is is the lyrics, some of them right now. Well Wow that's incredible.
3: <laughs> I wanna talk about lyrics. My personal favorite song I think I finally decided on uh, was is uh, that funny feeling during the uh, the second half of the show, which I it's it's one of the slower, more understated songs. There's not really any um, crazy lighting or anything. but as far as lyricism goes, this one is probably the most like meaningful or more more uh, at least classically musical, of any of the songs on the uh, in the show, yeah, I, 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 I remember.
0: Much. I remember when that one came on. I was that one was definitely my favorite.
4: Immediately after hearing it,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that was I've the one where he that was.
4: That that was the one where he was listing a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: it was, okay. like, was kind of
4: like the guitar. The, uh, yeah, yeah. the acoustic guitar it was.
3: It was like the. Um, I I kind of view the song as a, uh, a stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh slowly spiraling downward, because at the beginning of the song, it, he, he's almost talking about things that are neutral, just pop culture things that have happened. Um, whereas toward the the middle and end of the song, he's getting more into um, things that are very specifically negative. Um, and then kind of going off of that, like... The, like, the first verse specifically, uh, when he's talking about, like, an app that's half off of the gap in honor of the revolution and talking about capitalism and the things that he sort of discussed in uh, How the World Works. Um, and it's it's almost neutral with a bit of a negative slant, and then toward the middle where he's straight up just saying, uh, it's all. D- don't worry, it's almost over, the humanity's time is pretty much done. Like uh the, the, the whole world at your fingertips, the ocean at your door, twenty yeah. thousand, seven more to go. There's just some really like strikingly depressing lyrics.
0: Yeah, and when he says obeying all the traffic laws in Grand Theft Auto Five, that really <laughs> got me.
3: It's actually I actually uh really like that line, personally, because uh the the lyric immediately before it um almost seems like it's going back to um the beginning part where it's like slight positives that are twisted into negatives but it's saying going for a drive and obeying all the traffic laws in grand theft auto 5 where it does kind of a bait and switch where you think he's going for a drive in real life to clear his head when in reality he's just going for a drive in grand theft auto 5 which then expands upon that more with the next lyric full agoraphobic losing focus cover blown where he's saying i don't go outside anymore i don't leave my house Taking a drive is going into Grand Theft Auto 5 and driving around in a car.
0: Is it bad that I've never played a Grand Theft Auto game?
4: Probably not. I I haven't. Is that bad as well? Conservatives would say that's really good. Yes, that's awful. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs)
1: They're they're, they're fun. They're a good time. Um, I don't think it's like a must-have, yeah.
2: I didn't know they had a plot until very recently. The plots are pretty fun, honestly. I mean, they're they're (laughs) not a
0: must-play. It's no Hey, You Pikachu. Of course not.
1: <laughs> it's, it's no army agent ar, what is it? Army men air combat air attack? I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Anyway. Is it
0: just me or did <laughs> some of the songs feel weird al esque?
1: I think that that's like a named inspiration for a
2: lot yeah, of Yeah, he he right.
0: mentioned that at one point in the Yeah, story. it
2: was it was He's in like the first song.
0: I think He's he said that. Uh, no, I'm wrong. Never mind. I'm just dumb. That's probably it. <laughs> I was um, gonna say he might have said the Weird Al thing after I wrote this note, and then Kelsey said he said it in the first, the very first song, so I'm like, I it guess was it was written
3: down. It. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was the... Wait, on one of the whiteboard things. Oh, I don't read. Also on one of the whiteboard things? Yeah, um, it was, it was he... a it was diagram that said Weird Al, Malcolm X, and he was in the middle.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. Also on one of the whiteboard things was like a bubble map with like social media and stuff like that. Like, like comedy, like stand-up, Different things that like branched off, and one of them was podcasts, and connecting to podcasts was geniuses. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're not trying to say anything here, but, you know. but yeah, that, that probably wasn't sarcastic at all.
2: Bo Burnham did endorse us as geniuses, so yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you, Bo.
2: Specifically
3: like, on that whiteboard.
2: Us only.
0: Like, yeah, it's it said a cubic
4: inch of sound.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it, it was like really small, friends You might have missed it the first time, and if you go back and look, like it might be gone. But it was
4: there. <laughs> it was in the original cut. I swear. We
3: actually, because we are so humble, we actually sent him a takedown request. Uh, <laughs>
0: because we're so kind, we sent Bo a cease and desist.
1: Well, we just wanted to let him know before we sue his pants we, off. Well,
2: know? the thing <laughs> is that we actually got, all all got the first money. cut.
0: Connor, we don't yeah. even need to do that. His pants were off in the
1: special.
3: Oh, that's true. And in, yep. in more, you know, in multiple cuts, yeah, multiple shots.
2: <laughs> See, we we had gotten the first cut of the comedy special, so when he says "come out," like you know, "come out," we have you surrounded. It's our season assist.
3: that no. that is outside. <laughs> <laughs> it was directly referencing us. That's also another good song, though, is "Look Who's Inside Again."
2: Mm. What yeah. I like about that is I think there's like a in the background of one of the talking ones. I want to say it was that song and another song that was like meshed into like the music because i know the brand awareness one had um healing the world with comedy like the first kind of song kind of thrown in the background and then the other one where he's holding a knife
3: yeah yeah,
2: it was exactly the line like look i made you some content (laughs)
3: it's it's actually Interesting because that look who's inside again is kind of like a really understated song that happens in the middle of the special. But the the main piano um tune and the uh intro to the chorus that goes well, well, look Mm -hmm. who's inside again show up as a leitmotif throughout the entire special before and after that song, please. Oh, Uh, it it almost kind of feels like the theme song of the special, even though it's like one of the shorter songs and one of the that would make sense. It's not
1: yeah,
2: the I title
3: word. It. Yeah, <laughs> he says the he word, the word. <laughs> but he didn't say <laughs> Bo Burnham. He did not say Bo Burnham. Oh
1: yeah, that's true. He didn't put the well,
3: word. Well, well, Bo Burnham's inside again. That
0: was the. <laughs> that actually would have been pretty good.
1: Maybe that's yeah. kind of it's kind of like a question and answer conversation. Saying, "Hey, look who's inside again?" You go, "Oh, oh, Bo Burnham inside." And that's it. That's Again? The- Actually, yeah. it on the
3: next cease and Desist, we should tell him that he should change that to be Bo Vernon's inside again. So he's the new
1: generation of Cease and Desist letters where you also have artistic commentary on
2: <laughs> <laughs> you. are just giving Hey, me.
1: love it, love it. Yeah. If you could use less of our intellectual property, that would be cool yeah, we have- also.
2: <laughs> we're all
3: writing as a fan, collectively as a fan, so... One, you know, screw off, and two, love it, love the work. <laughs> that's what really Nintendo
0: keep it up. Keep it up. fan game, it's, it's really original <laughs> and
1: refreshing, it's just also terribly derivative of stuff that we've done, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, you know what else is for? derivative? Acceleration.
4: Oh, <laughs> ah, yeah.
1: thank no. nice all- That's
4: pretty
1: crazy.
3: This was actually all just to announce uh, in a very uh, you know, roundabout way that due to the cease and desist, we are having Bo Burnham on the podcast anonymously in the next 10 to 14 years. Anonymously! So <laughs> Just, just like record the deposition
1: you know? just, just upload it raw for all of you fans so, we uh, have a man
0: who may or may not
3: be Bo Burnham
2: <laughs> it's anyone's call but it's
3: anyone's guess. it could be Jeff Bezos, it be
0: Jeff Bezos. <laughs> wouldn't it be crazy if we got Jeff Bezos and Bo Burnham on the same podcast
3: I'm both anonymous. We could do. We that should
0: be the podcast. battle to the death episode. They I, both. I'm wondering,
1: I'm wondering which one of them would be more difficult. You know,
0: more like think, probably, to defeat. No, get on the. All
3: right, battle. I think they both be equally hard. Let me
2: just at it. <laughs> one That's all you hard. were gonna say?
0: <laughs> Was that seriously the entire story? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hey, did I did I quickly? talk about the fact that I love his hair? Just kidding. I know yeah. that I did, but I wanted to say it again.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. wow. Really great way to segue that in. That was really smooth. That's a hey.
4: postmodernist way to look at your own critique of something you've said. <laughs> Please don't ever call me postmodern. We're
1: I... really going to drive home the just buzzword of, of postmodernism. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I want to
0: drive on. it off of a cliff, okay? Slightly... Bill Burnham really styled his hair into a, a nice postmodern satire look, you know?
3: <laughs> I, real fast, just as a quick aside, I know we're having a fun conversation about postmodern Bill Burnham Jesus hair, but um, I kind of looked up Bo Burnham to see if we, like could find like a contact thing as like a personal thing, and on his website, boburnham.com, under contact, it's just a regular page that says for professional bookings, please email and then an email. Mm-hmm. Then, for fine beef products, please click here, and then you click <laughs> there, and it redirects you to walmart.com, but it's a 404 error. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible.
0: Man, I need some fine beef products.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Hate to break this to you. (laughs) Not sure where you could go.
0: Could be anywhere. I like to think that my aesthetics are like a postmodern satire of what an attractive person looks like. Because you've got like the elements of an attractive person, but unattractive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like face, hair, body, all that stuff. Exactly.
3: Yeah. So... Another quick aside: At the bottom of the page, uh, is a Twitter and Instagram link, and then above that, it's a link. It's just a thing that says "Fan of the Week," and you click on it. And the background of the page is a Vornado fan that has Bo Burnham's biggest fan tape to it. And then the <laughs> middle of the page, the only text just says "lol." I think it. he had
2: fun with
0: me. Is this on uh, the Walmart 404
3: page? No, uh, this is on Bo Burnham's website it's just you click on fan of the week and it's just a page that says lol
2: like you know he had fun with that you know
3: yeah i'm glad I'm that he can have fun he probably hasn't <laughs> updated that in a while
0: so we were talking about method actors earlier i don't know if we were recording when we said that but we definitely mentioned it i like to think that i'm A method reviewer because I was actually having a depressive episode while I watched this. Not even related to this, just like it just happened.
1: Do not get me started about. Yeah, I was in like a really terrible place watching this and, uh, like had a breakdown like an hour before we all we all hopped on a call and it was just and I related very very you know closely to everything he was saying so it was just like I was trying not to like cry on microphone. It really makes <laughs> it the experience was... better, doesn't it? It really it, it it adds a lot. That's what I was saying. Like like I didn't get each song individually. Really, it all kind of like blended together because each one I would listen to and then just kind of like tilt my head back and be like, brah. <laughs> <Yeah, it's laughs> They talking all kind of like, about, meld
3: together. Connor and I were talking about this independently the other day. Like, the first time I watched the special, I was also having a depressive episode. Did you watch this while not having a depressive episode? That'd be more interesting, actually. Um, <laughs> see,
2: okay, here's the thing. Uh, for, for some reason, my mental illness gains power when other people near me are having a mental crisis. Gains so power. as the special as the special went on, I just was like, yeah. And of course, like, I just got happier. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, Kelsey this man's not okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get hurt. Kelsey yeah. feeds on famous people's pain. I was just, not just even just famous people,
2: anybody with a mental illness. Kelsey, is that why you hang out with powerful. me? Yes, I get, I just keep getting more powerful.
3: It <laughs> just
1: off our collective psychic energy. Yes, <laughs> why do you think I'm getting there.
3: Connor? We're actually, <laughs> all of us are coming out as vampires today. It was a hard journey, but.
1: Yeah, They're well, like so this is a really great segue on. to talk about how Bo Burnham actually was a vampire for the entirety. So it all comes back around. We're, we're method reviewers. We all wanted to be vampires. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Aren't we great? Oh, we we're are. amazing.
2: <laughs> yes, I just lost some power because you were you felt you felt good about yourself.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: shred of self esteem. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the greatest weakness.
3: How do we feel about the uh, the ending songs? Uh, all eyes on me and goodbye which i they're not the same song but they they feel very like singularly like ending songs yeah that was i was a little like
1: um
2: i liked being throttled by him and all eyes on me
1: <laughs> yeah all eyes on That's me was incredible that. and then it, it it like kept going for what like 10 minutes afterward and I was like oh you no know, it, like, it you know four it four
3: wasn't minutes. wasn't it, it felt, it felt it a little longer really long but it's only four minutes
1: it 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 wasn't like the last jedi where i was like oh this wrapped up this is a good ending and then it went on for like 40 more minutes you know it wasn't that bad but it you know it was a little degree of like oh it felt very it it, it did it was kind of just climaxed and then resolved you know um
3: Oh, you mean the rest of the special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got like yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes left.
1: Yeah, 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 you know. So it felt like a very conclusive ending, and then and then went on a little more, which is you know, if anything, I don't know if the special deserves like a like a, a conclusive, you know, like oh, that's the end. You know, it, it, it's kind of meant to be just like a gradual descent. You know, so uh-huh. I didn't really like that. Um, but yeah like all eyes on me was one of my favorites i you know just 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 really a, a really amazing wrap up to the whole thing and kind of a really good summation of all the themes he was trying to express about the internet and and kind of our our life very recently and and kind of how it's developed over his career
3: it was also kind of hot it was a little bit
2: hot
0: <laughs> i think it i think as a special um just to talk about it kind of in general it's interesting because obviously this is so like pandemic focused you know like, it's, you can't separate it from the pandemic in a way that people are going to watch this in the future and be like, oh, wow, that's bizarre. It's like a pandemic movie, you know? Um, uh-huh. but at the same time, a lot of the songs just kind of speak generally to the, like, generation, I guess. Like, for, for instance, Welcome to the Internet. Like, there's, there's nothing about quarantine about that, um... But it's, it's definitely supposed to be topical. It's definitely supposed to be about the experience that, like, we have had with the Internet. Um, in that way, I think it's going to age weirdly in the sense that people are going to look back on it and it's, like, very much a product of its time, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's something that's true of pretty much all media at this point. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's just, like, very weirdly tying it to this this specific, you know, time. That, you know, like, we just didn't have in the last couple major pandemics, like the Hong Kong flu or the, the Spanish flu, you know, we, we never saw, like, you know, a, a bunch of media from that time that severely dates it, you know, so this is going to be kind of an unprecedented look on on how such a global event can kind of rally everyone.
3: I, I think that the main thing with this special that I, the, like, the one criticism I would have that I... Would have wanted to have seen not in it is um, the few times that he referenced specific generations. Um, he did say boomers and zoomers a couple times, and when those came up, I didn't necessarily cringe, but it did take me out of it a bit because it definitely felt like an almost already dated reference. Like within the next couple of years, um, it's going to be other generations that are going to be like entering the discourse, so it, it just felt a little bit strange. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it definitely felt like an intentional choice.
0: Well, and I also feel, I mean, the mention of boomers and zoomers will, like, stay relevant for longer than some of the other things that he said, you know?
3: Uh-huh. No, I get that. It's just, specifically, like, with meme culture and everything and the whole boomers versus zoomers, like, as a meme thing in the way that it, it felt like it was being referenced. Like, that, it, it, as far as, like, pop culture references, like, saying that um, Death Stranding is boring will probably last the next, like, few years. Whereas, like, meme culture moves on within a few months or even, like, a few weeks. So it that almost felt, like, a little bit like it was going to be dated quicker. But, again, it, it was definitely an intentional choice to, like, spe- specify the generation. Um, but- and... I'm not sure so, because, so like,
0: because okay boomer was like a specific meme like that happened as a thing but also as a sentiment that has been around like a while yeah.
1: and and it will no. continue to be around it's, it's anytime the you know the previous generation has you know skepticism about the current generation that will that will always be like a you know uh-huh, con-
3: uh-huh, and you're, totally right, he- you're totally right <laughs> but this is uh, an opinion that i have well, you're
1: and, wrong. Yeah, you're, you're, and I'm expressing my
3: opinions,
0: opinion, Kyle. which is different from your opinion. Right. Which is I, why saying, I am expressing it in response to yours.
3: This is this is the internet, and I am saying my opinion, and you're just supposed to let. I'm me. I'm gonna attack it. Kyle. <laughs> I, w- I was
0: gonna say that, like, in reference to the datedness. Like, I it, to me, it felt like this wasn't necessarily supposed to be like some sort of timeless piece of art. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be more of a time capsule. Like, it was supposed to, like, capture the zeitgeist of now instead of being something that people can look back on, like, forever without um, feeling as though it's about this time. Like, it feels like, uh, obviously with the pandemic, but alongside that, like, referencing Boomers and Zoomers and, like, other popular issues right now, it, it felt like it was supposed to be capturing right now.
1: Yeah, like specifically, all eyes on me. It 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 was like I don't know. Like I said, it kind of encapsulates kind of everything that he was trying to say, and a lot of it is very general. It's kind of you know like like it's not supposed to be any specific event, but it does capture kind of like these ideas of not having complete sense of time and being anxious about it and stuff. But but then he has like you know this interlude that is like it, it's it's hilarious and he, and he, and he, it's, it's a I think the most relatable part of the show and B, um it, it, it is like a very you know. It, he literally says the exact timeline of which it happens. You know, so so he basically is talking about um, he took a five-year break, uh, I believe, in between um, uh, like twenty fifteen and twenty. I, I I don't know the exact timeline there, but um, he, he talks that he was having severe panic attacks on stage. Um, and so he quit and then he's like, Oh, I'll, I'll come back in January, 2020. And the funniest thing happened, you know? So like, that is very specifically the pandemic, right? But the entire rest of the song is, is, is a lot more general, but he also still ties it in with like, um, global warming and like apocalyptic themes. And it was just, it, I don't know. It, it felt really kind of, um, still generalizable, but like tying it to very specific things that only we would be able to really relate to.
3: Right. Well, I, I think, too, uh, the reason that I, I, I it feels like All Eyes on Me and Goodbye are almost, like, one leading into the other one um, is because of how, like, generalized All Eyes on Me is and how it feels like this kind of climactic song where um, he's kind of fully gone in on himself. It's the most live feeling of the songs. Um, like, obviously, at the beginning... When he's doing, I think it's either content or comedy, Um, he has a MIDI controller next to him. And you can see him hitting it to make a laugh track, though. But on All Eyes on Me, it's a very in close-up on his face under blue light, which is uh, very common stage lighting. Um, And a very candid recording of a crowd that's supposed to sound live and all I, the the section where he says, you know, would you like to hear a funny story is mixed like he's saying it live. So it's, it feels almost like kind of the climactic part where this like special that he's making, even though it's all in his head, um, it is happening in front of an audience. And then goodbye kind of pulls back from that and goes back into his insecurities, talks about like recourses over the special. And, um, it says like, some of the things that it, it it calls back to the first song where he says um, if my if I wake up in a house that's full of smoke I'll panic so call me up and tell me a joke um, oh and uh, even the first line of it which is um, so long goodbye uh, maybe we'll meet again you pick the street I'll meet you on the other side kind of talking to the the audience in particular making it almost a little bit more personal since it is sort of like, a show where he's inviting you into his home and it, it feels a little bit more personal
1: yeah I, I do i think this was really beautiful um as kind of a synthesis of like you know his entire character for the past you know couple years has been arrogant above everyone else he, he makes a joke in in one of his shows about literally like writing a song from the perspective of god himself you know like it, it, it's it's very much a removed thing talking down to an audience and here the entire special is inviting you into like literally you know kind of his work environment but figuratively his his mind and and kind of environment in which he's working um and this is kind of the the ultimatum where he he actually is is you know not just I will tell you a joke I am the comedian I will talk down to you it's like we are all in this together and and you know comedy is kind of a vehicle for us all to lift each other up and and, and improve
3: yeah i i think that the most like the, the the one that hit me the most and the most concise like line that shows that is when he says, "Here's a fun idea. How about I, uh, how about I sit on the couch and I watch you next time," uh, where he's almost kind of saying, "Hey, um, you should make something that I can watch because I, I, I don't always like to be the center of attention. I'd like to see you like make something and do something," which yeah, I, I think I, is really nice. I, I like that. I kind of like that as like a, an ending kind of trying to inspire people sorry kelsey i interrupted you
2: no it's, it's good i think that that has like a double meaning of like i agree with where you're going with it where like it's like oh like this is a togetherness thing i'd like to see you do it because like it's not always about me and like this is a collective mm-hmm. but it also was almost like when it goes back like if you take into account when he's like doing the review of his review of his review of like the intern song where he's like, I, I take myself down as a coping mechanism, and I am so afraid that you're going to levy any sort of criticism against me that I will just do it myself so that you don't have to do it. It also can be taken in the way of like, if you didn't like any of what I just did, I would like to see you do it. And he references, he kind of says that in a way that he's like, I forget even which song it is, but he's like, you try doing comedy when no one's laughing. Like, you try doing comedy alone. Because he's like, this is hard. So it's, like, a little bit of both, of, like, he doesn't want to be the center of attention, but also, like, if you didn't like it, he would like you to know it's hard.
3: Yeah. No, I, I fully agree with that. And, uh, it, it's, it, there's a lot of double meanings in this, but I think the thing that I like the most about Goodbye is I am a sucker for a song that pulls in motifs from mm. other songs. So, like, how he, he references, at, like, almost all the other songs. I like um, that. Like he, he references the first one with I wanna hear you tell a joke when no one's laughing in the background, like Kelsey said. Yeah. Um so this is how it ends, I promise to never go outside again, and then immediately it cuts from that to a slowed down uh to meet to match the tempo of this song version of uh look who's inside again. Uh and then he says, All I've ever wanted was a little bit of everything all of the time. Coming back to the internet song. It's just really good. The way that he mixes them all together kind of into this one last uh, song is is so good.
2: Yeah, no, I really liked that he managed to wrap it up in such a clean way where he, like, kind of went back over, almost like a conclusion to, like, a paper. He went back over everything, he touched upon the important topics, you know, and then he he was like, and I will be done.
3: Actually, the other thing I really like about this is this feels almost, the song feels both like a conclusion since he recourses all the other songs, and almost like a loop, because when he's introducing this song, it's it's like his sh- hair's the shortest and his beard is the shortest they've seen in the entire special. So it makes it almost seem like he recorded this first, and this is going back to the beginning of quarantine, and then showing him at the end of it again after mm-hmm. having done the rest of the special. I
2: think. I think he my... touched, oh, sorry. No, good. You got uh,
4: him. Okay, I was gonna say like uh in uh, the All Eyes on Me song, he mentioned that like uh it we're nearing the end but it's only the beginning or something like that so mm-hmm. that kind of ties into what you were saying
2: i think my favorite part about his comedy specifically is that it is very well thought out and like in his stage shows that has to be kind of limited to like each individual bit but because he could work on this as long as he wanted and because it was just him and he could record it as many times as possible he could think about it completely all the way through over the course of the year Everything in the show is perfectly timed and perfectly leads into the like everything else. It's very concise. It's very well thought out, and I really like that about his comedy. Where like you're now getting the evolution of like it used to be just like certain bits would be, like well thought out and they could be perfectly timed. But then obviously there'd have to be a little bit of a break so he could like walk to the piano or he could walk back to the microphone. But this was like very, very well paced. And even the parts that are slow. Were, were were like purposely thought out and there was no part of this that didn't need to be there
3: yeah Oh, and Kelsey actually reminded me one of the things I like the most about Bo Burnham is that he as a comedian has a lot of running gags that he'll do in his live shows and one of them is the transitional gag where he'll be like transitions are hard and then do a weird transition and at the beginning of this he, uh, he had a moment where he was like I can already tell this is going to be a bit weird so the transitions might not be great and it just cuts I just i don't know i just like how he consistently always has like a a stupid editing or a stupid transition joke in all the shows
4: going back to uh the what kelsey was saying about how there are deliberately slow bits in between the the pacing um i noticed that i think like like the bits where he was like candidly recording himself with a camera just set up in that room like when he wasn't doing anything in particular were probably inserted, like, as a way to mimic the feeling of being at a live event, almost. Because, like, when you're watching something that's, like, very meticulously set up, like, a stage play, for example, like, you're sucked into the story for, like, the bit that they have at a given moment, and then they close the curtain, they rearrange stuff, and then you're, like, taken back out, and you're like, oh, okay, they gotta they gotta do whatever it is they need to do. Yeah, this is actually a stage play, I'm not actually in this fictional world or whatever. And I think those moments are kind of meant to like simulate that a little bit, and it it, it makes it so that every song doesn't go right into the next one immediately, because I think that'd be a bit jarring. And those those elements also add more authenticity to Bo Burnham as uh, not just a performer, but as a person. So I thought those bits were very nice to see in what would otherwise be like just like an album with transitions, you know? Yeah,
3: it's a good thing Bo Burnham's a real person and not a fake robot <laughs> or
2: anything. Yeah. I think I think those those the uh I think the slow bits too in like the candid shots also kind of replace. He's as a comedian always been a little bit um dark, but like in the live shows and especially like through the evolution of watching them on like even the Netflix ones, um his darker bits are cut with like stupid gags, like just like mindless funny stuff. But he's he uh, he doesn't have that in this special. There's nothing lighthearted to kind of take the edge away even the like more lighthearted jokes aren't lighthearted like the special's not comforting in that way where like there's nothing to take your mind off of it so i think that not only is tim 100 right but it also takes that spot like it's taking both spots hmm. where like you're getting a break but it's not the break that you would have been getting five years ago
3: yeah, honestly, I, I feel like the most lighthearted he gets is on the white woman Instagram song. And even then, <laughs> there's an entire, like, section where he's talking about, like, how these people on Instagram that, like, make their lives seem as good as possible and are almost fake. They still have moments of, like, real, like, uh, where you can see the real person shining through or, you know, talking about the character's mom that died and how much they missed them and then it, it, it expands the frame out of the Instagram like four by three and back into like the regular um uh composition of the actual special and then as it goes back into uh what he was talking about before with just random pictures and snippets of their life it kind of goes back into that that Instagram frame which side note that is one of the parts that absolutely sent me uh, the first time I watched it after. <laughs> After talking about, like, oh, mom, I miss you, give a hug and kiss to dad, you know, I, I your little girl didn't do too bad, and then, you know, this drum riff, and then goat cheese salad. It just, it's a really good juxtaposition.
2: I think that I liked the production of that song probably one of the most, just because he had to put somehow the most effort <laughs> into that stupid fucking song to get all of those shots yeah. <laughs> like it's the only time that he's picked a whole outfit he's picked a whole scene he he set it all up he got an umbrella he made it rain inside he got a pumpkin candle i don't even know where you get those and i did kind of want one
3: crap stores.
2: i have that flannel he he crap nailed stories. it you know
3: he did nail it i think probably the other song that had a had... The more uh, reasonable amount of production in it. Other than that one was uh, the problematic song. Mm. Uh, that one had a lot of like specific shot composition and a lot of like Dutch angles and close-ups on specific places. But nowhere near as as interesting as White Woman and Stick. Is everybody else dead? Is it just Kelsey yeah. Timmons? Yeah, we yeah, actually I legitimately
0: did. almost falling asleep. I'm sorry, I'm so tired <laughs> <dumb> today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm
3: sorry, Luke, that our conversation isn't as stimulating as you'd like it to be.
0: You're saying that sarcastically, but I can't find the sarcasm, and I'm not sure if it's the tired or something else.
3: No, it's it's fine. I see how it is.
1: (laughs) Also, uh, give me an opinion. I was was watching a video earlier of someone detailing a van, and they were like, I would tires, uh, and they were like, man, I'm really tired. Thank (laughs) you. Um, yes, I wanted um, to contribute that. I felt like that was really relevant. So I liked everyone. it. Connor. Kelsey, glad, glad. my
0: opinion is that Bo Burnham's inside is pretty good.
1: Uh, you but would you recommend
0: twist? it to a friend? Absolutely. Yes. Especially, fact, apparently, yeah. if they're going through a depressive episode.
3: <laughs> yeah. it seems to be the <laughs> trend, <laughs> huh? Just to friends.
0: Yeah, it was good. I'd, I'd recommend it. As I, was I, th- I think Nick was saying this specifically I that it's kind of it like today. a time capsule of right now, um, which does make it kind of weird in the sense that like if you recommend this in a few years, it's gonna be like, yep, this is, this was a 2020 thing. Even though I guess it came out in 2021, it's still, yeah, it's like it's it's there. It does. I mean, but it, it was does good. feel
3: like this year specifically because of how weird it's been. there have been a lot of time capsules, but this one seems the most like I'd actually want to watch it again.
0: I have a feeling if uh, when people watch it a few years from now, they're going to be like, oh, man, remember when we were locked inside for a year? That's going to be like the first thing they say.
1: Really great. I think especially for people Hampshire. like That's true. our age, a little older, you know, who kind of have like grown up with Bo Burnham's comedy and are now navigating this like very troublesome time would would definitely benefit. Like, I think this was his best work so far. Um, so, especially that demographic would would really enjoy this, but I, I really would recommend it to. A, you know.
0: I don't know if I would recommend it to anyone over the age of thirty because they might get really sad at the song about <laughs> being thirty.
3: Or offended. I feel like my parents would probably get just not like it.
0: He said, "Boomer." Any, anyone who
3: like Isn't says "boomer," slug? yeah, that's like the, <laughs> <laughs> that's like almost as bad as
1: Karen on the list of of, of <laughs> slurs. You know, yeah, yeah,
3: forgot about that one. Well, who was the comedian um, who had done the. Um,
1: you know, if, if if you're trying to debate. You I think know, that was Bill Burr, was there, probably. Was it Bill Burr? Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. Um, what, if you're trying um, to debate between two words which one is worse, no, and that you was cannot John say one of them, John it was Malaney, John Mulaney. John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bill Burr seems a little too problematic to say something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but he would definitely say something uh, like uh, that.
2: Was it was John Mulaney.
1: I remember
0: mm-hmm. it now that you say it. New in town.
3: Arguing whether or not he could. New in Uh, The M word into a
0: script. Bill Burr is pretty problematic uh, because he doesn't like Baby Yoda, so cancel him.
1: him. I think they actually
3: um,
1: in in episode eight of season one, where the stormtrooper just like punches Grogu in the face, that actually was Bill Burr uh, in (laughs) disguise, and then they they liked it so much they wanted him back for season two. So just some insider knowledge. Yeah, so
0: so we're canceling Bill Burr and Bo Burnham, as I take it.
3: Bill Burnham and Bo Burn. (laughs)
2: do you guys have any final
0: thoughts before we get to the voting stage oh i
2: feel like i had thoughts maybe i am just a bot.
1: vote Vote burnham um
0: i just think it was a solid uh musical all around it was definitely Mm. enjoyable and made you think it was a very special album it was very postmodern and satirical.
2: <laughs> I think it gets less depressing the more times you've seen it, because I've seen it four times now, um, and I don't even really notice the existential stuff anymore. So at least there's that.
0: That's excessive. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I like for the next time maybe not next time but we what well, we're voting what's important is that we're voting
1: democracy um, is doing its work like america is
0: important yes hot take <laughs> so uh we actually had a three-way tie between Only voting one
3: person voted for luca nope actually five people voted for i'm reading that wrong
0: so we actually had a three-way tie between <laughs> voting um so it's between luca and the hitman's wife's bodyguard, and in the heights. I'm not going to explain what any of them are. You just have to figure it out. Hopefully, you you already know. Um. So I'm gonna say each one. You can vote for one. If it's another three-way tie, we choose randomly. That's what we're gonna
3: do. <laughs> oh <God. laughs>
0: Which means you guys have have a motivation to not have a three word three-way tie because nobody wants to choose randomly, right? Who wants to choose the- randomly?
3: I still think we should
1: just uh, do it, all-
3: it, One episode. it
1: could be like the really terrible uh trolley problem take for voting where it was like if you don't vote and get something you don't like you didn't you're not morally responsible for it. But that's dumb. I would I wouldn't like to randomly I vote. agree just that is them.
0: dumb. You're you have to vote. For one, for exactly one. No no less and no more. You will not vote for nothing and you will also not vote for two because that is too
1: much or more. One is the number <laughs> of which you still vote. Yes. <laughs> two shall not be voted. Okay, Three so, is right out. Side note, you-
3: the trolley problem is easy because if you've killed more people, there's less people to know that you've killed somebody. Ooh.
1: True. Well, I think I think moral quandaries are typically in the idea that there's probably some divine overseer, you know, who's looking at you, who well, you probably couldn't kill with a trolley. Um, well, we can't really you be
2: sure. Bet you could.
0: This is not, not a from, cubic inch of the back. trolley problem. Can a
1: trolley kill God?
3: Hi, Vsauce.
4: <laughs> <This> is... <Bezos. laughs> <laughs> double feature the episode.
3: Is if, if you were on the side of the track with five people, and uh, I don't know, an evil dictator Goodness is going to kill one person. I'd do the five people because then I don't have to deal with Connor knowing that I killed five people. Yeah, so work. thanks
1: thanks for watching this first hour. We're going to have a brief intermission, and then we're going to spend two more hours talking about the trolley problem. So uh, <laughs> make sure to stay tuned.
0: No, um, you can't say that. You're lying. You're lying, Connor. I don't even I, I know how you I, can do that. you're lying
1: about a catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know you guys were right we shouldn't have this many people on the podcast we get we get so off topic okay so anyway (laughs) what i was saying. so vote for one of them um and say i for the thing that you like okay so luca i i that's three right there we'll go over (laughs) the other ones just in case all right everyone else are we gonna split
1: the vote and lose
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay the hitman's wife's bodyguard Oh, no, uh, we're I doing did this. Want that. One. Okay. Uh, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> now you're embarrassed?
2: I did want that one, but no one else said anything. So then why didn't you vote? It- uh, I did vote. That's actually the only one I voted for. Everyone else voted No, why didn't for you vote just now, now if that
0: was the one you wanted?
2: I did, but then I was embarrassed. Vote for it now. I'm voting for it. Okay. Luca
0: wins. So Luca wins. <laughs> Sorry, In the Heights fans. For the
1: record, I. Or in the heights. It is is I bet no one's recording this. Nick narrates the alphabet and just (laughs) (laughs) narrates the alphabet. L for Luca. I for in the
3: (laughs) (laughs) heights. T for the one nobody voted for.
1: Voted for that one. Hey, for Kelsey Doesn't Understand Strategic Voting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if a hypothetical
0: person wants us to review In the Heights, then they should email at us at a cubic inch of sound at gmail.com. If they want us to review Luca, then just wait. It'll happen.
2: <laughs> Do we even? What check if they want email? us to review the yeah, Hidden I, Life Bodyguard?
0: I check the email every once in a while. Um, then they can <laughs> suck it.